Welcome to Never Rewrite. I'm Isaac Askew. And I'm Jeffrey Sherman. And today we are discussing minimum viable products. Not to be confused with most valuable players. <laughs> MVPs. Yeah, I thought this would be an interesting topic for us. Um, mainly because I've run into some questions around uh, what what the minimum viable product should look like. Um, you often have times where you're trying to cut something even smaller than it is, and you get a lot of pushback from either your if your if your MVP is like an internal company thing, you get pushback from other stakeholders on what it should be uh, to be viable, uh, or if it's like for an external client you're doing for freelance work, you might get pushback there um, from things that you're like, no, 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 I, that thing's a differentiator for me. We have to have that in there. Um, so I thought it might be good to talk about what an MVP should look like and what to do to kind of understand where where that line is drawn. Okay. I'm actually remembering that I read the lean startup, which is where the whole concept of the MVP came from, but that's, we'll have to put in the show notes to tell you to look on Amazon. I don't remember who wrote it. Uh, it was a very good book or I thought it was a very good book, but it's at least 15 years ago. So from that book, the idea of an MVP is it's a, you know, it's the mid it's, the get something out there as fast as possible that it lets you test the idea. Right. That's it. Uh, so famous examples uh, of M things that you don't need in an MVP uh, that I've heard of. You don't need a way to cancel your account. You don't need a way to change <laughs> your password. You don't need a way, like, those are all things that you need, but you don't need it. You don't need a system for it. You don't need code for it in order to test your idea it's can you build you know what is it that you absolutely need to in order to test the idea gotcha one thing you mentioned that i, I think is interesting we should maybe start there mm -hmm. you we're talking about a client and they're like oh well i want to build uh an uber for ubers and <laughs> <laughs> you, they, and they want they're like oh but i i'm gonna build uber but I have this idea that this this twist is going to make it different. Right. And you're like, well, okay, well, and you're like, oh, okay, but the MVP of an Uber is Uber, and then we'll build your twist. And that's kind of the, that's not the MVP. The MVP is the twist. Don't build the Uber part. Right. So this is what kind of got me thinking. I was trying to think of some examples mm -hmm. of MVPs that are like, so here's one example, I guess. Uh, one of them was like a like a, a Fitbit kind of thing, like a, okay. like a step tracker. And so if you if step trackers are not a thing yet, the MVP for you might just be to invent a step tracker that works. Um, mm -hmm. But if you have a saturated market of step trackers, which there are, then you can't just do that without needing something else on top. So if you had if you were talking to a client, you're like, let's just get the the step tracking part back, you can see the client going, well, no, <laughs> there's a billion other people doing step trackers. What this makes ours unique is we have something like um, Peloton. We have like a bunch of workout videos, you know, as well, or some kind of benefit on top of that. And so knowing that is really what helps you understand whether or not that MVP is like the thing they want in it is required. So in that case, they're, conceiving it wrong because the step tracker mm -hmm. is not the mvp the step tracker isn't even something that they should build 
they should not have their own brand. If, if step trackers are a saturated market, the thing that they should build is the Peloton piece that, mm -hmm. you know, in this case, we're saying uh, classes. You should find a existing step tracker that already exists in the market, hopefully many of them, and write software that lets you do a class with the step tracker. Mm -hmm. And that's the MVP. Later on, maybe you partner with some factory in China or wherever, and you get your own branded step tracker, but that's not part of the MVP. Do there's no if they if if it doesn't have any brand differentiation, then it's not part of the MVP. You Got should leverage something else. So does that mean that you could kind of um think about it this way? If that you are first to market with your idea, your MVP can be that concept of cutting down just the first thing to throw in front of customers. Mm -hmm. But if your idea is not unique, your MVP has to be leveraging something that already exists so that you can focus all of your energy on that differentiator rather than reinventing the wheel, then adding the differentiator. Correct. It, an MVP has to be unique. If it's not unique, then it's an also ran. It's, it's no longer it's an also ran. It, it's no longer a minimum viable product. Somebody else has already proven the product. So in the step tracker example, somebody has done the MVP for step trackers. Step trackers are now a thing. Mm -hmm. You can buy step trackers. You don't need an MVP for step trackers because step like the the product has been proven. You don't need to test and Got prove it. the product. It's proven. So now you're testing a new way to you, you know, the thing that you're doing now is you have an MVP for the new use case for the step tracker. Yeah, I think an important distinction there is like the, the proven part you're talking about. Because mm -hmm. I think a lot of times when people think about their MVPs, they're thinking, I want to get my product out. Whereas you're going, well, no, no, no. You want to test and see the viability of the thing first. So that's an interesting concept mm -hmm. for the for the MVP. If someone's like, I want to start my own step tracking company, mm -hmm. uh, they don't need an MVP in the traditional sense or the sense at least that you're talking about because of that proven nature of the product. Their MVP has to be something different. So they're thinking about it in the way of like my product versus proving will this business idea work? Right. Yeah. You don't need to prove at this point. You don't prove that step trackers are viable. If you've got an Uber for X. Mm -hmm. You don't need to prove that Uber is viable, although that the jury's still out on that whether or not Uber is actually viable. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea of I'm going to have a centralized company that pushes jobs out to people at that they will accept them and then go do the work. You know, there's TaskRabbit and Uber and Lyft mm -hmm. and Uber Eats and DoorDash and Instagram. Like, that model is proven. You don't need to prove that that will work, that people will install this thing and sign up to work for you. That works. That's not an MVP piece. What you need to prove is that your X works. Right. You know, the whatever, your Uber for whatever. You need to prove that whatever is viable, not that the Uber for whatever. Uh, and that's that's where people MVPs go off the rails. Got it. And I think... One thing you mentioned earlier was like maybe like um for, for, for the for the step tracker concept mm -hmm. was going for the 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 peloton lesson kind of aspect first because you could even conceptually uh integrate with some a pre-existing product 
let's say mm-hmm. with Fitbit, Fitbit already exists and you want to integrate with Fitbit. So like you can, you know, sign in with your Fitbit account, for example, and have mm-hmm. a one month free trial with our videos that are workout videos. And even if you started with that kind of concept first, because that was your differentiator, uh, you could segue into your own product, like you were talking about with like building your own, eventually your actual physical hardware set tracker, or maybe you even get lucky and Fitbit reaches out to you and goes, Hey, <laughs> we've noticed this integration that you built that is actually getting us a lot more users. We want to buy you or something like that. I mean, dream case scenario. Right. So let's take the Peloton example. There have been exercise bikes for 50, 60 years now. Mm-hmm. They're just resistance bikes. And I know from COVID, there are definitely paid video channels that I could subscribe to on my, you know, internet that would stream to my TV, my my smart TV, that I could pay some money per month and I could get video classes. So the MVP for Peloton isn't exercise bike and it's not video classes. It was their integration of exercise bike and video classes and that's an expensive mvp and it it kind of flopped because they had to build bikes they had to pay people to run classes and they're making Mm -hmm. money they're hoping to break even on the bikes and they get a subscription to the class a much smaller thing that they could have launched was a thing that connected to any old bike or gave you a way to you know smarter more recent bikes and gave them people a way to subscribe to classes for whatever there. And I don't know a lot about how Pelotons work. Like I don't know how much feedback the instructor gets mm-hmm. or anything. I'm, like, I'm pretty sure the training is live. And that's all nice and, and good. But, you know, take it back a step. If I don't have the screen integrated into the bike and I have you, you have a TV on the wall, suddenly, yes, it's not as nice as integration, but suddenly you've got a lot more customers. And you can find out yeah. the viability of your subscription model there. Because that's what sunk Peloton is. People didn't want to stay subscribed. Got it. So back to the MVP argument. Mm-hmm. So when I say argument, I'm talking about people going back and forth about what is the MVP? What is the thing that you've put in here that we think is extraneous that we could cut out to save time and deliver this thing, put it in front of people to get that feedback as soon as possible. You see that battle back and forth when people are pitching the idea or even um, freelance folks working with clients and the clients say like, my idea, I'm really married to it being delivered perfectly. You know, Mm -hmm. and then you go, "Eh, well, we can cut out X, Y, and Z and that'll get us faster and put it in front of your people. And they go, nope, it has to have everything working perfectly. Otherwise we're scared and we want to kind of go dark until we've got everything right. And then surprise the market with this perfectly running system and there's like a lot of argument and back and forth about oh no we need to get out first that kind of thing what what is what is your take on how you should deliver that or work with a client that's that difficult uh don't i mean if you need the money then (laughs) you know it, it it's not immoral to to get paid to do something that somebody wants to pay you to do but as a consultant you if at all possible, you should tell the customer that they're wrong and, and not do it. <laughs> so I'll give I'm an example. From, I'll give an example from when I was in college. Uh, and I met with a guy, and he was convinced he had a dating website idea. He he wanted to have 
he it was going to be cool. And I I signed an NDA about this 20 years ago, but that was 20 years ago and it's expired. So if he hasn't done it by now, then, you know, his <laughs> moment is back. Anyway, he wanted to have, have JGay, which was going to be a Jewish, a gay Jewish dating site. Okay. And so, you know, I was talking with him and I was like, well, how are you going to get, like, how are you going to find gay Jewish people to sign them up? Because with a with a dating site, it's all about critical mass, right? You need to have lots of single people on there or else nobody's going to be on there. And nobody's right. going to be on there until you have lots of single people. Like, so that it's got to go viral or it's going to be dead. And he was very concerned about, well, how are we going to set up this thing and the dating and keeping people from cheating and, you know, very, you know, very much a not, um, what is the thing the kids use these days uh, with the swipe right? Oh, uh, I know you're talking about, but I've forgotten the name of it too. <laughs> I, I've totally forgotten the hookup thing. Anyway, the foibles of being married. And <laughs> he was very concerned about, oh, and I don't want anybody to steal my thunder. You know, people see that, I, that I've got this idea. People might steal it. I'm like, no one's going to steal it. Mm-hmm. So as I recall it, I pointed the guy to like, here is out of the box dating website thing. And I remember that there was some of the examples that the out of the box software had. This was a proto SAS because this is like 2000. So you didn't have right, right. then. But like I remember there was a Star Trek dating website for Trekkies <laughs> and some other equally obscure stuff. I'm like, look, you, you pay these people 500 bucks, they'll set it up and then you pay them whatever per month. You don't need me. But still, if you expect people to subscribe, you need to figure out how you're going to get the Jewish, the gay Jewish people. Don't worry about setting up the software. So for that guy, an MVP would not have been a working dating website. Mm-hmm. It would have been a blank page, a registration page saying, hey, Gay is coming soon. Right, right. Right. I'm not even going to take your money. I just want your email address. Can I email you, you know, JG coming soon. Sign up here to be the first one of the first to know. Got it. And that just put, you know, so subscribe, get me your email address and I'll email you later. And the MVP is prove that you can get gay or people who are interested in gay dating gay Jews to your list. And if you can't prove that, then you don't have anything. And so the right. MVP is not even a dating website or working software. It's a subscribe page. That is such an interesting concept because my brain has always been wrapped around the MVP, maybe just because this is, I'm an engineer, it being a product. Uh, and this a couple of times this talk, you, you've talked about it being like uh, a, a, um, a proving of your viability. So... The idea of it just being throw a subscription page out there in front of people or just gauging interest is such a core component of that to me. It really helps me kind of reshape how I'm thinking about MVPs. So instead of like me going immediately, oh, oh, I'd love to build that thing that seems like really interesting to build, step back a moment and go like, wait a minute. First of all, let's prove, does anyone even care about this? Do you have a list mm-hmm. of people? And if that person can say, yeah, we actually got, you know, 30,000 people excited to use this thing. And you go, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then from there, maybe, you know, you can go along with your engineering mindset and build stuff. But I really, that really kind of helps give me a paradigm shift there. I like that. Right. Because remember, it's viable 
and you need to find viable as soon as possible. The minimum viable product is supposed to prove or disprove that it can work. And you mm -hmm. want to, you know, and the idea of minimum is so that you can get it out so that you can learn that you can find out viable with as little effort and little resources as possible. So in this example of Jay if he had set up the landing page and gotten his list and, you know, I'm sure he could have paid advertisements on newsletters and mm -hmm. Jewish groups and whatever blog posts and things of that nature. If he could have gotten himself a thousand people subscribed, then it would be worth going to the next step, which would be out of the box software, just turn it on, send out the email to people, see if they sign up. Right. And, you know, then he could collect money. And if that worked, then the next step is, okay, now start customizing. Right, right. You know, make it actually Jewish so that you could have, I don't know, throw events around the, the holidays, you know, mix, mm -hmm. mixers and mingles, something. Like, but none of that stuff, like customizing a dating website package to know about Jewish holidays is not MVP. Right. Yeah. It's a lot of extra effort to put into something that people might not even ever see. So right. get, get your audience first. It makes, it makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Right. Like prove before you build any of this stuff, prove that there are gay Jewish people who want to meet online. Yeah. I think maybe in the enough concept... quantity to make it worth your while. Right. I, I think maybe the concept for a lot of people is if I build an incredible enough product, I don't have to prove that because they'll flock right to me. And I think that's where people are disconnecting. Or at least me. That, sometimes. that is true. But you are not Apple. <laughs> nope. And Apple flops. Mm -hmm. People don't remember it, but Apple flops. Uh, I'd say like one out of six times. You know, they go dark and they announce this amazing thing and it flops. The Apple Newton was a flop. Uh, I can't remember what there was some of their computers were flops like the Lisa maybe or that was that the big hit anyway the, Apple has <laughs> flopped lots of devices okay you know about one out of six Apple TV like the actual device was a flop Apple networking was a flop um, Apple servers were pr not particularly successful there are lots and lots of flops uh, under Apple's thing but Apple's a giant corporation, and if they lose a billion dollars on something, they just you know wake up the next day and make a trillion more. <laughs> you are not Apple, right? The, the whole idea about MVPs and Lean is you want to take your shot. You want to find out as much as you can for as little as it costs you. Yeah. That's a good quote for the episode. <laughs> so it doesn't matter the product that you build or the idea that you have uh, in that in, in that concept it matters uh the interest in your idea because everyone's got ideas you know mm -hmm. everyone everyone is always like it's like a meme at this point where someone messages their developer friend i have an app idea and you're like oh god here we go again because <laughs> they want you for that but yeah uh, they could say i've got an app idea and here's a list of ten thousand people who are interested in signing up today for it if we had it then you raise your eyebrows it sounds like yeah they're like oh okay <laughs> i mean honestly if, if Somebody came to you and said, I have an app idea and here's 10,000 people. I'd be like, okay, cool. Here's, you know, two dozen companies that will build it for you. It's like $25,000. True. Like the day yeah. of an independent person building apps is long gone. Right. But I think one thing that 
comes up with MVPs that is not well understood is it's a confidence thing. People are very, very, people are not confident in their ideas. Mm -hmm. And so the whole idea of, oh, I'm going to make this thing so amazing. It's going to be so amazing. And people are just going to flock to it. It's the exact same thing of, oh, I can't go talk to this girl at the bar because I'm not buff like Arnold Schwarzenegger and a movie star. But if I was, I'm going to go out and I'm going to become a movie star. I'm going to get really super buff. And then that girl's going to want to talk to me. And then I don't, you know, then I don't have to deal with the shame of rejection. <laughs> uh, interesting analogy. Interesting. It's the exact same thing. It's, it's the avoidance of potential rejection. Yeah, and so you, yeah. have to, you have to embrace that. You have to embrace the idea that your idea might flop. It probably is going to flop. Most ideas are bad. Most of my ideas are bad um and you you just got to get get used to the idea of okay well this idea may or may not be good and i need to find out as soon as possible because if it's not good i need to come up with another one mm -hmm. and you take the pain out pain and the sting out of it but like look it's uh, it's not that i'm not good it's that my idea wasn't good but i come up with ideas i'm a person who comes up with ideas and lots of ideas are bad yeah being able to fail fast and not take an ego hit with it and then just discard it and go to the next idea and then to you until you mm -hmm. finally find one that hits that's yes. uh it's a powerful discipline there i think yeah it's not easy well all right any other parting thoughts uh about mvps before we wrap up this episode any other anecdotes you've got or anything uh, i'm trying to think yeah, so I, I guess I'm saying, contrary to people who think, oh, don't concentrate on the word product, concentrate mm -hmm. on the word viable, right? So instead of minimum product, minimum viable. And you want to almost think of it as a series of tests. You you know, what's the least amount of thing you could do to prove that there's interest? And once there's interest, what's the least you can do to prove that people will actually do you know follow through and then you can build the product uh like in uh the, the lean guide to startups it talks about you know if you come up with the service maybe don't even write software offer the service you know have the sign up maybe have some minimum you know basic minimum framework where people can ask you to do the thing and they do it manually by hand mm -hmm. and you know they call it i think they call it in the book doing things that don't scale because if no one does, if nobody cares, then it's not going to take you any time to do it. Yeah, and if true. one person cares, then you can spend the time doing it. And you'll figure out how to do it more effectively. But again, you're doing it for one person and you spending your time doing it for one person is still more effective than you spending your time to build it true. Yeah. so that eventually one person. And so then when it becomes overwhelming, when you can't do it anymore with human work, then you know you have something, then you build the software. And again, it's that idea of, okay, but if it fails, right, it's all about testing. So if it fails, you never build the software. Mm -hmm. And you get around the, the complicatedness of the software by just doing it with humans. And if it, that, you know, people say, oh, but that doesn't work, that won't scale. I can't do 10,000 of these things a day. It's like, cool, if you have 10,000 of them, you know you have a product. <laughs> right now, show me that you get two. Show me that you have two a day. 
And is that the point you think where like, if you, if you can actually show you have that kind of interest and you don't have money, you can go to an investor and be like, look, here's, here's our pitch. We have people interested. Uh, we've been doing this by hand. Uh, we need to raise some capital to see if we can build this proper, this properly. Yes. And that's a, that's an easy pitch. Well, I don't know if it's an easy pitch, but it's a compelling pitch to an angel investor. If you say, Hey, I have this idea for an app and I, you know, got a little off the shelf app that just sends things to my back end, and then I do it manually. And I need $50,000 to hire a shop that's going to build this thing. Mm -hmm. And they say, okay, cool. Yeah, I see you. You've actually got people coming to you and they're paying you. And so, yes, the $50,000, you're going to build this thing that does what you are, you are already doing by hand. You know, it's still very risky from an investor standpoint, but it's mm -hmm. not, uh, you know, it's not taking a blind shot. It's not asking, you know, it's not a pipe family money. Yeah. Right? Someone, someone just coming to you and being like, I have an idea. I've done no work. I'm just, I know it's going to work. Can I have $50,000? <laughs> right. right. I've got an idea. I don't know if it's going to pay off, but I know if we build this thing for $50,000, I get, like, I can show you it's going to bring in a thousand dollars a month. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever make your 50,000 back, but like, it's, there's something there. Got it. All right. Uh, anything uh, Anything else before we wrap up today, Jeffrey? No, I, I think we are well beyond the minimum viable definition of product. <laughs> podcast <here>. episode. <laughs> minimum viable podcast, MVP. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Excellent note to leave on. Awesome. Well, thank you for listening. I'm Jeffrey Sherman. And I'm Isaac Askew. And this is Never Rewrite.